welcome to a bonus episode of the Encourage podcast. We love sharing new books with you. And today, Encourage community manager Becky Keefe talks with one of our favorite authors. Listen as they have a conversation that's sure to encourage your heart and learn more about a book we love. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to a special episode of the Encourage podcast. So glad you're here. We never take for granted the fact that you choose to spend some of your minutes with us. And I know today you are going to be so encouraged by the very special guest that we have um, and his um, new book. You guys, I just love this title. I just I just got to lead with this because it's so good. Jesus is all we need. Jesus is all we need. Is there anything more to say than that? Um, devotions to experience the rescuing love of God. And I am here with Dayspring author and my new friend, Jason Sattel. Nice to see you, Jason. Hey, it's good to be here too. And I'm totally uplifted just from your intro right there. That was awesome. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, okay, Jason, I just want you to start us off by just sharing a little bit of your story. I know just that you are a former firefighter. You are now um, a best-selling author, a podcast host. Um, you have a massive Facebook following, like 750 some thousand people are connecting with you um, over in that community as you just share your story and the hope and love of Jesus. But just kind of help us to get to know you a little bit and um, and how you came to where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, the, the growth of the community and Facebook and social media as a whole, it's just, you know, such a blessing to go there and be able to pour some hope, you know, some real hope that this world needs. You know, everyone likes to say, especially in times right like now. Well, these are our times and our time is to just keep, you know, sharing hope, spreading light. So that's what I do there. And I guess, you know, the message just resonates with people and uh, they keep following. So about me, there's so much that I could throw out there. So I'll keep it in the the 10,000 foot range of uh, what's sure. going on in my life. Um, an author, as you mentioned, I wrote my first book as a memoir. Then I wrote my second book as the devotional, Jesus is All We Need, the devotions to experience the rescue and love of God, because I wanted to share all the experiences that I've had in life, but do it different. I never want to be that person that's like, oh, I'm different than everyone else. But growing up in an abusive home without a mom and dropping out of high school in the 10th grade and becoming a firefighter at the age of 18, it's not that it's better or worse. It's just a different experience. And being an atheist during that time, up until I was 28 years old, and coming to Christ in a firehouse in West Oakland, and more than just a firehouse, I was actually in a high-rise fire at the time when, when I finally accepted uh, Christ as my Savior. I just wanted to tie all of those experiences together and write hopeful messages that would resonate with people, but can also bring that excitement to it that folks kind of want, so it'll kind of glue them to, to the stories, because I always want to point them to Jesus and not make it about me. But I want to also pour in my feelings of what I was feeling when I was um, going through those times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and our stories are the vehicle through which God is communicating all kinds of things about himself, right? And so I think that it is good that we be specific about how he's worked in our lives because it's going to allow someone to see more clearly how he's working in their lives. Right. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm in total agreement with that because you know again I'm I'm not the author that was sitting in the woods writing and you know meditating on God's word. I study God's word. I love God's word. I just fill myself. Up. I'm kind of a Bible geek, if you will. And then when I'm out surfing, I don't really sell my surfboard and go, "Oh, I see God in all of creation." Even though I do, I see Him. What I do is I'll sit out there and think of things. Wow, I was on this horrible incident. This is what happened, and it. It was hurting me inside, but I know God was in the middle of it there. How can I not glorify that scene? And how can I take the lessons that God wanted to reveal to me and share them with people? And so that's kind of the abstract way that I do it. So I'm in agreement with you that, yes, you know, he's always in the mix. He's always at work and he wants us to share what we're experiencing with people. And I'm a true believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to go back to something you said, and if you are willing I want to know more. How how did you go from, you know, growing up in this, you know, abusive home, having it sounds like a history of trauma in your life mm-hmm. to being an atheist to now mm-hmm. you are a 10-year firefighter veteran mm-hmm. in a sky rise mm-hmm. on fire and you come to Jesus. How did God pursue you to bring you to that point? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. No, I'm just joking. I can, <laughs> I can definitely let you know uh, uh, about what led up to that. You know, as a child, I was always in darkness and I hated it because it was better to not be seen and heard in my house. I just learned that. I lived mm-hmm. in my own head. Well, when you live in your own head, a lot of times the darkness will invade, you'll create, you know, bad spaces in your head. But I always had this driving urge to want to help people. Why? I don't know. And I always had this drive of being a firefighter. One day I was talking to these firefighters while I was skateboarding and they're like, you should be a firefighter. And I'm like, all right, what, what's, what do you got to do? And they're like, well, you need a high school diploma. And I'm like, well, that job's out <laughs> because I dropped out of high school. But I then went back and I took my high school proficiency exam and I passed. And I went back to that firehouse down in Southern California and it was a CDF wildland firefighting place. And they actually hired me on the spot. So I got a job as a firefighter at 18. And here's the coolest thing about it. I actually watched my graduating class while sitting on the fire engine because we were there on fire watch and stuff. So it was weird when they're supposed to call my name, Jason Sautel is there handing out diplomas. I was like, that's right where my name would have been. I had a feeling of both like, this is cool, but there's also shame and sadness, you know, because Mm -hmm. I didn't take the route. So from there, I go up and I get a job at Oakland because I wanted to be a big city firefighter. And Oakland is a place where you fight fire and a lot of it. And I wouldn't say I was an atheist. I was like a nun. I was just angry at the world and angry at God and angry. I was just angry at everyone. Mm-hmm. And a girl to speed it up came into my life and I fell head over heels in love with her. And she fell in love with me too. I think she fell in love with me first, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyways, She uh, saw how broken I was and she knew I needed help. And she told me, I'm not going to keep dating you unless you come to church with me. She didn't say I had to be a Christian, anything like that. And so people are like, what'd you do? I'm like, bro, I went to church because she was hot, <laughs> you know, plus <laughs> I loved her. Well, I started hearing the gospel message and things started kind of taking in my head, like something's up here. We're in a fire. It was a three alarm fire in downtown Oakland. I got separated from my crew. And in that fire, I got trapped and my legs were starting to burn. Bad things were starting to happen. And it just, the gospel message became real. I don't want to get all weirded out on people, but I mean, heaven and hell became real, to be honest with you. The, the, the heat that I was in, the pain, but also the rescue that I needed. And for some reason in that fire, it just clicked that, wow, Jesus is real. Everything became real at that moment. It wasn't like the heavens opened up, whoa, and Jesus plucked me out of the fire. Actually, he sent in some highly trained firemen to come in and get me and stuff. So they, 
they physically rescued me, but it was by his sovereignty and by his will that I made it through that fire. And then when I came out, I just told Christy, who's my wife now of 20, 20 something years, 24 years. I don't know how long we've been married, but we've been married for quite some time. I just told her, I, I now believe what you believe. And it's just, things started changing my life. And the last thing I want to throw in there for the listeners, people say, so did your life get better immediately? Like, no, it still sucked down here. I'm still on this broken earth full of pain. I'm responding to shootings, to fire stuff. But I now know why things are the way they are and that God is going to bring me through it all. So that's kind of the, the fast version. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm guessing, and now I'm in, intrigued. Uh, this is not the book we're talking about today, but Jason's first book is called The Rescuer. And that's that memoir um, he was mentioning. And so I think we are all going to want to read more of your story there. But I just, I just love that you know, God is so patient with us. You know, your your wife, you know, had already come to that saving belief in Jesus. And yet here you are, you know, 28, not looking for him, but he is coming looking for you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's, that's all of our stories. And even, you know, for myself, Jason, um, I did grow up in a home of faith and I accepted Jesus when I was five years old. And yet, mm-hmm. It has been, you know, a lifetime, especially in in my early late teens and early twenties, of the Lord saying, "Okay, like you may know me, you may know that I saved you, but do you know how much I love you?" Right. And that's part of the rescuer story too, not just saving us from that eternal separation, you know, um, upon death, but to say, like, I want to do life with you. I want to show you that you, I am all you need right now in the middle of your mess. Like you're saying, like our circumstances, we live in a broken world. Right. Like we are still going to struggle. Right. But what does it look like to stop doing life on our own strength and start doing it? On his. Right. And that that's why through, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why I threw in there about needing, experiencing God's rescuing love. Because yeah. the, the, the first book, The Rescuer, it's like my backstory of why I'm so convicted to believe that Jesus is all we need. Totally. It's, it's all there, you know. But what's so cool about all the devotions is I talk about things I experienced then. I can even look back into my my nun years, my eighth, not that I was a nun, but you know, yeah. in my atheist years, and, and I can pull from there and I can see God even in those years going, bro, quit being an idiot. Come on, come on. And how patient, how loving he was, you know? And, and then I can also tap into those messages too and say that another reason I'm convicted to preach that Jesus is all we need is because I've been alongside people and trying to save their life as they're taking their final breaths and their eternities are being locked in too. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's like, I just want people to know that yes, he is all we need. And as a teenager, especially when you're talking about your teen years, I tell people 100%, it's gotta be rough sometimes growing up in a Christian home, to be honest with you, just looking as a parent, because I have two teenagers and about the expectations and all this other stuff that we're wanting to throw our faith on them. Well, guess what? I can't make my kids be Christians. I can't make them follow Christ. I can only live it out, make them want to live the way I'm living and see where the joy comes from, you know? And and sometimes I think as parents, we mess that all up too. And we can put a lot of pressure on kids. So when someone says, Jason, I don't have a, a conversion story like you. I was in a Christian home the whole time. I'm like, bro, trust me, if I picked your story apart, it would be way rougher than mine, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I still relate with that. I have two teenagers as well. Mm-hmm. And um, as well as, you know, an emerging, emerging tween. And mm-hmm. yeah, just 
wow, it's a doozy to, to raise kids in this day and age. And, and like you said, to, um, not, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to preach at them so, to get them to behave in a certain kind of way, but I hope to live in a manner that they're like, I, I want that joy. I right. desire that security. Like, the, yep. To know I, that- what, yeah, totally. No, I hear you saying what the way I kind of explain it when I'm talking with folks is I want to live transparently for my kids to a level they can understand. You know what I mean? If I'm a three-year-old getting treated like a three-year-old, but my one son, he's becoming a pilot at the age of 17 and he's a man. And believe it or not, he's my one of my best friends in the whole world. Does that mean that I share to him like, you know, he's a best friend from work or something? No, but when parents say, oh, don't be friends with your kids. No, I am best friends with my kids but at a level that I'm still the dad, they're not raising me and I'm not treating them as a co. I'm treating them as right. biblically, I'm training you up still. And, yeah. and it's it's a tough walk at times, but I just truly feel like with us, we homeschool our kids and people are like, wait, are you so scared of this? I'm like, I'm not scared of anything. I'm really not. I want my kids to, to follow God as they're traveling through this messed up world, whether it's in public school or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But we chose to homeschool. And so we always want to keep that balance too, you know, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about homeschooling, but I don't want to be that weird homeschool family, if you will, that's hiding from the world either. And, and no disrespect there, but but that's just kind of how we raise our kids. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think part of whether it's to our kids or to our friends or our coworkers to live the message that Jesus is all we need, we also have to be willing to be vulnerable and share our needs to, 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 so that people know like, Oh, like, you know, Jason doesn't have it all together. Becky doesn't have it all together. Like we are broken people. I'm honest with my kids. Like I have clinical anxiety. It's part of my, it's part of my story. And Mm -hmm. there's times where I'm doing well and there's times that are, are really challenging. And, and my boys know, like I, I need Jesus. I also sometimes need therapy and medication and other kinds of support, but Um, you know, or whether it's, you know, I just passed the anniversary of my dad's, of my dad's death. And I was, you know, sad. And we talked about that, like, gosh, like I wish, you know, I wish you knew your grandpa and I wish he was here. I'm really sad and that we have the hope of heaven. But all that to say, I think like showing that Jesus is all we need, we have to be, we have to be vulnerable and transparent. Like you said about like, life is not perfect. And yet like we have an unshakable hope because of Jesus. Exactly. Because if we leave someone, especially, you know, with the, the, the passing of your father and dealing with that, you know, I've had to tell countless people that their loved ones are dead in emergent situations, you know, mm-hmm. of, in the craziest situations you could imagine in West Oakland and stuff. And imagine if I just said, you're going to be fine. You're going to see him in heaven one day. What, what am I leaving them with there? You know, I mean, what you need is everything explained that God gave us all these gifts that yes, Jesus is all we need. But he's also given us the gift of science, the gift of therapy, the gift of that. And he wants us to steward it in a way that is going to bless us. Not something that we're leaning on because we need to lean on him, but we use it when appropriate at all levels, you know, and, and it, it's so important there. So when someone has a loss, I am all about counseling. Like I'm in this weird area because I deal with PTSD. Because in my book, I do talk about the time when I was suicidal and I was within inches of taking my life. And so people read the book and they'll be like, Jason, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine. That was 20 years ago. I'm good. I'm so good on that level. You know, my sin is wanting to disappear and just go surf and not deal with people if you want to be honest, but it's not there. But I deal with folks all the time that are dealing with PTSD and many of them don't know the Lord 
And I could actually do damage if I said, you can only go to faith-based treatment. And people are like, why? I'm like, because they are deaf and blind to my truths. It's not going to work with them. Just like if someone said, Jason, you need to go to worldly therapy, psychotherapy with no religion babble in there whatsoever. That ain't going to work for me. Now, obviously, when that person's in therapy, I'm going to pray that their brain's going to get cleared up enough that they can hear the Lord speak into them and they'll come to him. But Mike, like I said, my job is not to convert people. It's just to love on them. It's to mm-hmm. show them Jesus is all we need through the way I speak, the way I talk, and the way that I care for them. And that's why it's so important. And that's why with this devotional, I want people to experience that, you know, is to go, wow, this guy wrote some crazy stuff in here, but it's relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jesus, all we need devotions to experience the rescuing love of God. When you pick up this book, um, I love that this can just be so easily incorporated into, into your day. Um, it starts with scripture because that is our lifeline. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on the very word of God. Um, and then Jason, I love that you, yeah, you weave in your personal stories, um, that are both relatable and engaging, um, with scripture. And then each day ends with a takeaway, which I think in our, like, we have such terrible attention spans. And sometimes like we read something and we're like, and what was the point? Like you're telling us the point. We can like hammer home on that takeaway. And then each short devotion ends with a prayer, um, which is just a beautiful way to start your day, friends, or to end your day. Um, Just kind of coming back to that truth, grounding yourself in the fact that, yes, like Jesus is all I need for not just this day, but sometimes this moment, right? Sometimes we just need to get through the next moment. And um, I think that this book could be such a great resource and um, and just lifeline of hope for a lot of people. Yeah. If you had to choose, I'm sure this is hard, but one story in Jesus is all we need that you feel kind of like is the message that you would want people to come away with today. What would that be? You know, it's kind of a weird story to go to, but I'm going to be honest with you. In my area of Oakland, we had a lot of prostitutes. We had a lot of drug issues and things like that. And we would, when I say our girls, meaning we we were to care for them and take care of them. So we would go out and respond to them when someone would beat them up or they were Mm -hmm. freezing in the middle of the night. And I just remember this one particular girl. I don't know why she struck me more than the countless others we responded to. But there's something inside me that's like, come on, this might be the one who makes it off the street. And if we go just by numbers alone, and I'm not taking away that God can rescue anyone, it's a poor chance of coming off the streets when they're to the level where they were. And I just remember I got off duty one day when I'm sitting in a Starbucks and this young lady comes at me. She's like, I remember you and I'm fully married near them. I'm like, oh boy, you know, I'm wondering where we're going here with this and stuff. I'm like, I'm like yeah, how's that? And I, I look at her, I'm like, who is she? And I was like, oh, no way. The last time I saw her, she was beat down in an alley, half dressed, drunk, and just, you know, hurting really bad. 
And you could see that spark of, of coming alive in her, you know, that she's got that healthy glow and she's eating more and she's not skin and bones and she's off street. And she's like, I'm in a shelter because every time we would respond to these young ladies or, or anyone, a homeless person or unhoused person, whatever you want to call, we would always try to point them to a place where they could get help, whether it be a shelter or something. So when they came out of the hospital, they're just right back on the streets. Right. Well, she said she remembered us and she remembered the shelter that we told her about. And she went there and then from there she got other services and she was getting better. And what I love about this story is because she thanked me for saving her. Now, I wasn't going to preach. I didn't want to take grace away from her, but in my mind, I'm just laughing because I'm like, it wasn't us. It's all God. But we, you know, in the moment, I, I sometimes think being humble can be like, oh, well, you know, thank you for that, you know, and so I don't need to teach in every single moment because that drives me nuts when Christians do that. But it was just such a beautiful story of the testimony about how God works through us. And that after seeing all these negative things of the dead bodies and the fires and the traumas, that just preaching the love of Jesus and telling her that Jesus is all she needs through our actions worked. It was such a testimony. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love to Jason, just thinking about your greater story. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that there's someone listening today who maybe has felt disqualified, disqualified by their past, disqualified by their sin, disqualified by their own trauma to maybe feel like, could God even use me? And the answer is yes. Yes. Yes, friends, the the rescuer not only can rescue you, the rescuer leaves the 99 to go after the one. The rescuer runs out to the prodigal child who has squandered all of the gifts of the father away. That is the rescuer. And not only does Jesus want to come and rescue you, but then he wants you to become a conduit of his love and kindness and grace to others. And Jason, just like you're saying, that just... That can happen right where we are. Whatever job you have, whatever neighborhood you live in, just by showing up to the people around you, um, you can be a testimony that Jesus is all you need and he's all everyone else needs. So I'm in total, total agreement there. It it just, you know, it's the way that we live. And if you talk about qualifications and disqualification, I'll be honest with you. Per this world and per the Pharisaical side of the church, I'm the last guy who should be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ran a pastor out of my firehouse by cursing at him and telling him to get his fake Jesus out of my firehouse. Now I'm standing in front of congregations preaching his love. I didn't graduate mm-hmm. high school. I didn't go to fancy seminary. I didn't, and I'm not against those. I'm so for seminary if that's the calling you're going to. But let's be honest. Sometimes we get nervous because we feel we're not qualified because these people have the PhDs and this. And they went there and they went there. Well, no, God called them and they went there. Yeah. But understand this. God may have called you to take a route. You know, I, I went to the seminary of West Oakland, taught on the back of a fire engine, you know? And, and if I said everyone had to take that route, that'd be the stupidest thing in the world for me to say. So I'm in agreement with you that to the listeners that feel like they're not enough or someone's told them that they're not enough. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is telling you, you're exactly what I need, you know? And, and I encourage folks to tell their stories and, you know, at the local level, you don't have to write a book. You don't have to stand in front of a church, right? just showing his love locally and in front of your house, go get it. You know, that's where you're going to make a difference. 
Absolutely. So friends, I encourage you to pick up a copy of Jesus is All We Need by Jason Sautel, Devotions to Experience the Rescuing Love of God. If you are on Facebook, you should definitely check out his community there. Um, Jason also has his own podcast by the same name, Jesus is All We Need. Um, and if you are listening to this episode, the day it comes out this week, um, we are featuring an excerpt of Jesus is All We Need on on um, the Encourage blog, um, along with a giveaway. So you should come over there, um, get to know this book a little bit more and leave a comment for a chance to win a copy. We'll definitely link all of that um, here in the show notes. Um, And Jason, it's just been such a joy to get to know you and um, hear a little bit of your story. What's a final word of encouragement that you would want to leave with our friends today? You know, I just want to leave everyone with just show some love. It it truly feels like when we love on other people, we're pouring it out and then you can just feel it pouring back into you. It refreshes you. So the way it refreshes you, just refresh others and do it at a level that you feel comfortable at. Don't try to step up and do something you're not capable of because we all do that. Just be the you that God created you to be and go love on people and let them know that Jesus is all they need. Mm, Such a good word. Thank you. All right, friends, until next time. The Encourage podcast is brought to you by Dayspring. For over 50 years, Dayspring has created quality cards, books, and gifts that help you live your faith. Find out more at dayspring.com.